Well, we can't really figure out this Nashville Predators team, can we? They rebound with a big win over the Calgary Flints. Not a fluke win either. We'll talk about the statement made by the Predators last night. Plus, Matt Duchesne gets to the 40-goal mark. First Pred to do so and the first time he's done it in his career. Had a great moment in the post-game press conference when talking about that moment. Um, and also, Western Conference Wednesday, what are some things either player or team-wise, we are surprised about from now till the start of the season. What shocked us? Get into that today on Locked on Predators. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Predators your first listen of the day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at onthefourcheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at onthefourcheck.com. Uh, yeah, I guess yeah. we smash the Predators more often. I know. I feel like we need to start out with some sort of an apology, but I don't yeah. want to jinx it. Or double down, you know, we might get like a maybe big winning streak going if we talk about all the nonsense they've put together over the past <laughs> month or so. Yes, for sure. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Re I regret using the word eulogy. I regret that. Yeah, well, let's let's not so overcorrect because I feel like the reason <laughs> we'll do <laughs> the moment we'll come out and do like an apology, like we're sorry, Whoa. we believe in the Preds again. Uh, it's when they lose every game from here on out for the rest of the season. Right, right. So let's not let's not overcorrect. I agree. yeah. Let let's be negative because it seems like whenever <laughs> we or the fan base overall is negative, the Preds find a way to pull it off. Yeah, I guess that's they just the, I guess that's just the thing. Uh, yeah, Nashville Predators. If you missed it last night, beat the Calgary Flames three to two in a shootout. Uh, it was a game in which the Predators had control pretty much the mm -hmm. entire time, other than the score. Uh, really looked good the entire game. Uh, Philip Forsberg, Matt Duchesne put them up to nothing. Flames rallied back, but then a big sequence in overtime. A couple of great saves from UC Saros down the stretch and in the shootout. All of these things combining to make and what I'm sure is going to be a very lovely one word. <laughs> well, I went back and forth on my one word. Um, it was going to be marriage counseling because that was what was going to have to happen. <laughs> Stay negative. In my house. Stay negative. Stay negative. Because, you know, I've talked about my husband has has been one of the many people who kind of have been a Duchesne doubter and, and I have, have not been. So, but my one word is Matt Duchesne. And you have to say it like that because, um, and usually when I say that, it's addressed directly at my husband with perhaps a hand gesture, just to punctuate the point that you have been wrong about Matt Duchesne, um, and he knows it, which is great. But Matt Duchesne, his 900th game, becomes the first 40-goal scorer in franchise history, has had an incredible season, came up big for the Predators. Now, it was not the most glamorous goal but a goal is a goal we've talked about. It doesn't have to be pretty. It just has to go in the net. And that's exactly what he gave the Nashville Predators. So for me, this game, 
was vindication and triumph all in the name of Matt Duchesne. Just want to make I, sure he can hear is, me. <laughs> is that what you do every time um, Mark Kimmel says something that you, uh, <laughs> you want to get back at him for? There are. Yes, I do. Like if we're at a game and he scores, my husband just looks at me like it's coming. And it is every time because don't come at me about Matt Duchesne. Don't ever come at me. And like I said, there's usually hand gesture that you know, is followed by like reholstering the fingers. Like it's a whole thing. It's a production. <laughs> I can't imagine why he wouldn't answer his phone at three in the morning when you're stranded in lockdown. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand why he's not taking my calls. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, one word for me, it's not anything fancy. It's not uh -huh. some giant backstory. Although I could have had a couple of good motifs. Um, it's just a word that we used yesterday. And that mm -hmm. is statement. Yes. Because we talked about this yesterday. One way or the other, the Nashville Predators were going to make a statement uh, with the result of this game. And they did. And it mm -hmm. was a positive statement. You know, yes. we, we said, you know, look, the Nashville Predators backs are officially against the wall. When we went into the show yesterday, we said, you know what? The Predators do have a habit of when they're kind of embarrassed like that. Mm-hmm of coming out and playing a really strong game against a strong opponent. Um, and it came true. And what yes. do we say? We said that the first period really was going to kind of determine whether the Preds were, you know, maybe had learned some things and it really like got their heads on straight after that St. Louis loss or whether they were in a rut and, you know, were kind of thrown in the towel for this season. They came out great. They came they out, out of the gate really strong. Uh, they played really clean. Uh, later later in the game, I think there was maybe some stretches in which, you know, there's some sloppiness, some mm -hmm. giveaways and stuff like that. Um, but it was minor compared to some past games. For um, sure. They came out really strong. They were sharp all night. They limited their mistakes, which I think is a big thing because I think that has been an mm -hmm. Achilles heel for the Preds is just kind of, you know, giving the game away themselves. Um, and they stayed focused the entire night, you know, and I think once Calgary battled back from two, nothing to make it two two, uh, I think a lot of people were kind of waiting to see how the Preds responded mm -hmm. because I know, you know, we, we saw it happen in St. Louis, you know, they, they, you know, gave up two goals and then three goals and then four goals and it kind of spiraled from there. So we kind of thought, uh Oh, were they going to, you know, was this going to be a mental toughness moment or was this going to be a moment in which they, you know, sort of fold again? Um, and the fact that they battled back and kept this game in, in tow made a mm -hmm. statement. If this is it the did. National Predators that are going to be in the postseason, then, it, yeah, once again, like we said through this entire time, when the Predators are on, they're a Stanley Cup threat. They can make some noise in the postseason. And we saw that kind of hockey that it's going to take to do that last night. For me, one of the things that I loved about this game and that was extra reassuring to me is, is I'm glad that the Predators came out and they played the style of hockey that they did. They were very confident. They were very comfortable. They played the style of game that we've seen consistently through the season has given them the wins that they've gotten. This wasn't like the Predators came out. And I think I would have felt more 
unsure if they had come out and had a 5-1 win. You know, this this was the kind of hockey that Nashville has had success with through the season, and they stuck with that consistently through this game. And that's the kind of hockey, you know, John Hines uses the word identity. That's the style of hockey, the identity of hockey that always seems to give Nashville the best chance to win. Nashville isn't going to probably play a game where they come out eight to three like the St. Louis Blues did. But they went in this game and they corrected the mistakes that they had made and they stuck to what they have had success with. And it was very reassuring to see them get back to what we know they do well and it wasn't a, an outlier game with ridiculous offensive production and UC Saro standing on his head. This was a solid game played the way that we've seen Nashville be successful. And like you said, this is the way they're going to have to play if they want to be successful in the postseason. This is the team that you want to see in the postseason. Yeah, although we should say UC Saros did have some really oh. key saves down yes. the stretch. Um, John Hines made a comment. Let's get to John Hines. He said something about the team's mental toughness coming off of that St. Louis loss that I want to hit on. I think there's been times this year, you know, we we didn't play very well against St. Louis. Uh, But I can tell you that there was disappointment after the game from everyone that can control what the next next thing is going to happen, which is the coaches and players. And we come back and, okay, here's the areas that need to be better. There's no overreaction. There's a focus. There's a togetherness, and it's that resiliency that 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 matters. And it's not overreacting to good situations or bad situations. It's staying with the process. And I think that's just part of what we've tried to ingrain. And it gets tested. You know, it's it's good at times, and other times it's not. In the middle of the St. Louis game in the second period, uh, it wasn't very good. But we were able to to regroup and respond to that. And I think it's 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 a continued work in progress. But it is a requirement to win. Yeah, you you heard him say it. It's a requirement to win. And, you know, that that's kind of the big thing is because every NHL team, it doesn't matter if you're the Tampa Bay Lightning, Colorado Avalanche, or if you're the Arizona Coyotes, you're going to go through stretches during the season where you do something dumb. Yes. You, know, you have an embarrassing loss. Um you know, something like the Preds had against St. Louis, you know, it's, it's how you respond to that. And the Predators responded to that last night. Yes, they did. And I love that John Hines keeps coming back to this because I think this is one of his greatest contributions to this team. He's good at developing talent. He's good at surrounding himself with a a good coaching staff. But what this team really needed was a mental reset when John Hines came in. And he's really building that mental component into the DNA of this team. And like you said, you have to have that in this league. This is an 82-game season. Nobody is going to go 82-0. and 0. At some point, every single team is going to need to do that mental reset. And I think Nashville, before John Hines, was stuck and not able to kind of get over that. And the resiliency that he talks about is something that this team has and it's something that this team will need if they make it into the postseason because this is not going to be an easy postseason you know we're still waiting to make sure that they get in but they're going to need that resiliency and it's something that i think john hines does not get enough credit for 
and you might be playing the Calgary Flames. <laughs> there play, you go. The, all of their games this year have been an absolute banger. And, of course, we have mm -hmm. one more before the postseason. Uh, so there is a very strong chance that these two are going to get a lot of good looks at each other uh, until a possible playoff postseason. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting, to say the least. Yes. It is. And chippy. It was getting a little chippy. I can't wait to see the next game. It's going to be yeah. well, highly emotional. Welcome to seven games of Mila and <laughs> Nashville. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a vibe. Yeah, there is a vibe there. I uh, want to go back to talk about Matt Duchesne because, of course, he scored his 40th goal, the first Predator to ever do so. Uh, it was also the first time in his career he's topped that mark. And he had um, what I would describe as a pretty emotional response in his postgame press conference. Uh, so we're going to listen to that clip. First, I want to mention today's show brought to you by our friends at HelloFresh. I've talked about this many times before with HelloFresh. You get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. It helps you skip the trips to the grocery store and make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Uh, I'm not just telling you this because, you know, I am getting paid by them too. I am an actual outside of this podcast, outside of my hosting duties, a loyal HelloFresh customer. Uh, I get the fit and wholesome recipes every week. They send me three meals uh, that are low calorie, carb conscious, whatever I need for that week. Cleanup is easy. It's a breeze. You know, every all recipes only take me about 20 to 30 minutes a week to make. Um, and when I'm done, I only have a couple of pots of pans to clean up and I have wonderful meals for the entire week. You got stuff like beef tenderloin and cheese fondue, miso sesame shrimp, bacon ramen, anything for your taste. They have plenty of options each week to choose from. Vegetarian options, fit options, whatever fits your diet. They got something for you. Um, you know, try it yourself. Go to HelloFresh.com. Sign up. Uh, HelloFresh is a proud sponsor of the Nashville Predators and fueling hockey fans everywhere. Go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedPredators16 and use code LockedPredators16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash LockedPredators16 and code LockedPredators16. Uh, yeah, get lots of lots of free stuff. Try it out. If you don't like it, no risk. Uh, but, you know, HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. And if you try this offer, you'll see why. Yeah, Matt Duchesne. And, uh, Matt Duchesne. We've already, he was your one word. We've already talked about, uh, you know, the, the lovely chanting in Mark Kimmel's face whenever Matt Duchesne does something. <laughs> Um, he gets his 40th goal of the season last night. Of course, we yes. all know he is the first Nashville Predator to do that. Uh, the Predators, other than uh, the Seattle Kraken, were the only NHL franchise not to have a 40-goal score. That monkey is off our back now, uh, which is very weird to think about. <laughs> they hadn't had one before then. But, I know. Isn't that yeah. crazy? Yeah. But, you know, it, it's, it's Matt Duchesne. It really couldn't have been anybody better you know, to kind of mm -hmm. describe the story of this year's Predators. You know, it's Matt Duchesne. It's the guy who uh, nine months ago, if that, was left unprotected at the expansion draft. And not only left unprotected at the expansion draft, Seattle didn't want him. Yeah. 
I, I mean, Matt Duchesne's story since he came here to Nashville has not been linear and it has not been an easy walk for him. And like you said, being left unprotected in the Seattle draft, there's a statement that is coming from higher up in the organization saying that they needed more from him. And Duchesne has been very honest about the fact that he has sat down with John Hines and they have had to work on just communicating what each needs, what each wants. And you're seeing the fruit of that now, but this has not been an easy road for Matt Duchesne. He has had to earn everything he has he has gotten this season, and it has not been easy. So to see him get this milestone was huge. Yeah, and the fans recognized it too. Like the oh, standing gosh, yes. ovation from the crowd, uh, it was wild. For a while, it looked like Forsberg might get one too because he scored his 39th last night. Uh, mm-hmm. So it looks like the Predators are going to have a pair of 40 goal scorers by the end of the love night. It. Um, I love the reaction that the fans gave Duchesne. Duchesne noticed it too. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gave, made sure to give him the shout out. And he got a little bit emotional when talking about it last night. Let's listen to the clip. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously, you know, to do it in my 900th game too is kind of cool. Um, I, you know, it was it, the reaction from the crowd when they announced it. You know, I, for me, I was still locked into the game, but. Um, you know, it's one of those things, like you said, you kind of enjoy it after the year. But, um, you know, the reaction from the crowd was unbelievable and, you know, it made me a little emotional on the bench for sure. I just I wanted to give a wave and just kind of stay into the game and stay seated or whatever. And But uh, they made it hard not to, you know, uh, feel that moment a little bit. So I really appreciate that from the fans. Yeah. And again, this was a guy who was persona non grata coming into this yes. season, wasn't he? I mean, everybody talked about, you know, the eight by eight and you know, one of the worst yes. free agent deals of all time and one of the worst value contracts of all time. And I think a lot of people gave up on them and they were ready to kind of pull the trigger on a full rebuild. Matt Duchesne was kind of the embodiment of everything that had gone wrong personnel wise for the Preds. Mm-hmm. And then he comes out and has the best season of his career. And remember, this is a guy who, you know, was offered an $8 million a year contract So it's not like he was a scrub. Like this is a very, very good player who is having the best year of his life this season for the Nashville Predators. Um, And it comes at a time in which the Predators really needed offensive players to step up. So that to me, it's just been, you know, the embodiment of Matt Duchesne this season has been nothing short of spectacular. It's been really great to see because here's what's true. Matt Duchesne has been this talented. Of course, he's worked on his game and improve, you know, always they're always growing and improving their game. But this is somebody who came into Nashville with a ton of talent and the situation just wasn't great for him. And like you said, he was sort of the albatross around the Predators neck with the contract and the lack of production. This has not been an easy road for Matt Duchesne. So to see him turn this into the kind of season that he's having and to be one of the foundational players for the success of this team this season it's just a great testament to the talent of Matt Duchesne but also to the work internally that the organization has done to set some of these players up for this kind of success it's a great story and one I am very happy to talk about all day long. Ask my husband. (laughs) (laughs) Ask the chance. That's right. Uh, What else stood out to you in the game last night, Ann? 
For me, the other thing that really stood out was UC Saros and the play of the defense in front of him. In the previous matchup, which the Predators did win 3-2 to two in overtime, UC Saros faced 41 shots on goal, which is an astronomical amount, and he stood on his head to keep the Predators in this game. Saros had some amazing saves, like you said, in this game. He really kept the Predators in it on some oof, real close calls, but he only faced 21 shots on goal, which is a season low for the Calgary Flames. They are an offensive production juggernaut. But the defense in front of Saros really took some of that pressure off of him. And we've talked a lot about Saros being overworked, and he now has more games played than any other goalie in the NHL this season. But when the defense can step up and limit what Saros is facing and sort of play a, a layer in front of him, it will make a huge difference down this final stretch and maybe into the postseason. I thought Saros was fantastic in goal last night. Yeah, and a rebound from him because I think certainly um, the, the goals he allowed in the St. Louis game, I don't think you could have pinned all on him. No. But still, no. when you get pulled, you want to come out and have um, a really solid game the next night. Uh, the mm -hmm. defense to me was the big thing. I mean, you mentioned only Huge. 21 shots allowed on Calgary, and this is a team we talked about it yesterday. We're just offensively wild. Wicked, know? yes. Wicked. Uh, a very underrated offensive team, uh, and the Predators shut them down. Uh, and to, to be fair, I, I think offensively for the Preds, they probably could have had a few more goals. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to shout out uh, Atlanta Gladiators legend Dan Vladar uh, for, coming <laughs> he played in, great. for coming in and playing in great uh, with Jacob Markstrom taking a, you know, the second night of the back to back off. Um, and I, I think he made a lot of really good saves he did. down the stretch, too. So, I mean, we, we talked about this going to the shootout. Um, and, you know, Mikhail Granlin, we haven't even talked about Granlin's overtime winner yet. Uh, Amazing. Hit, hit on that in one second. Mm -hmm. um, but the fact that, uh, yeah, I mean, the Predators easily could have won this game 4-2, to 5-2, two, to two, instead of, you know, squeaking it out in a shootout for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this was a great goaltending game. This was a great defensive game. And now I have heard some people say, well, it's, you know, Calgary is coming off a of back to back. It's end of the season fatigue. And I think that that really is a factor for all of the teams at this point. This is a yeah. grind. I mean, this um, is Nashville's third game in four days. Yeah, this is a grind. But I really do feel like Nashville played well. I don't necessarily think that the Calgary Flames gave this game up. So I'm, you know, just all the way around defensively, offensively, goaltending, the Predators played such a complete game. And if they can do this, I feel like this is the team that we've talked about. They could play almost any of the top teams in the league and be competitive when they play like this. Where, where do you rate Granlin's shootout winner? Oh my gosh. So beautiful. I almost yeah. cried. Yeah, just uh, the, brilliant. That's sort of like tense up waiting for like the shot <laughs> and then just kind of like nudging it past. Yeah, total, uh, total clinch up like a loss moment for the goaltender. But and and just he was so calm and confident. So great. And what I loved most about the ending of this game is that after Saro stopped Tyler Toffoli's shot, 
you saw Saros really express excitement. And he's, you know, those fins, they keep it close to the vest. But you could tell that Saros was really thrilled with this. This was a great game. And Mikhail Granlin, he's just clutch. He's just clutch. Yeah. Uh, the more from uh, the Western Conference coming up in a little bit, including a look at where the Preds stand playoff-wise right now. We'll get to that in just a second. First, I want to let you know this episode's brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is a product that both Nick and I use every day. And if you are somebody that wants to make just a little change and make maybe a better habit in your day, you need to look at Built Bars. Instead of reaching for your candy bar, go for a Built Bar. Built Bars are fantastic. They taste terrific. And that's not something you can always say about a protein bar. They also have something called Built Bar Puffs. They are a protein infused marshmallow treat. It's not just a protein bar. It really is like having a dessert. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, just like all of the Built Bars. Built Bars come in so many different flavors. One of my favorites is the Cherry Barcia, but they have a double chocolate mint brownie. They have a cinnamony churro puff. They have literally any flavor you could think of and probably some that you wouldn't think of. And they are all fantastic. If you go to built.com, you can scroll down, you can look at the macros and see for yourself just how good these built bars are for you. Most built bars contain 130 calories. They have four grams of sugar, only four net carbs, but they are packed with 17 grams of protein. If you take that candy bar you have at three o'clock to get through your day and you swap that out for a built bar, you're going to notice a huge difference. And again, all kinds of flavors you could want, coconut, coconut, almond, white chocolate, cookies and cream, literally any flavor that you could want. And I'm guaranteeing you it's going to taste great. At Built.com, they really are all about the taste. They're going to make it taste good and they're going to find a way to make it healthy for you. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So we're looking at the NHL standings right now. Uh, Predators, with 77 games played, are now at 93 points. Uh, they are one ahead of, or two points ahead of the Dallas Stars, uh, who still have a game in hand of Nashville. Uh, and then Vegas and Vancouver are tied with 87 points each. They're the last two in the hunt right now. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights play the Washington Capitals mm -hmm. tonight. Um, you know, it's mathematically not going to be a clinch, but if Vegas loses that game, they might be out of it. I'm okay with that. I'm Let's just okay wrap this it. up. Um, you know, and if Vegas is out of it, that's pretty good for Nashville's chances. Although Vancouver mm -hmm. is is on a run right now, and they can certainly yeah, they are on a tear. Pass the Predators. Uh, I mean, the Predators are six points ahead with five games left to play, so that's going to be a big screw up. Um, but you know, I would say for the Predators, still every game is going to be must win from here on out. Um, sure. and I, th I think if you get, you know, two or three more wins, it's not going to be mathematic, but that's pretty close to clinching for the Preds. Yes. And tonight the Dallas Stars take on the Edmonton Oilers and I will find myself cheering for Leon Dreisaitl after saying very bad things about him under my breath not too long ago. So yeah. let's go Edmonton. 
And the Oilers eight one and one in their last ten, so things kind of boating well for them right now. Yes, for sure. Uh, all right. So Western Conference Wednesday, what we thought we would do is look at some of the surprises. What were we surprised about from some of our preseason predictions? You know, like yeah. you could have told me blank, and I wouldn't have believed you. So yeah. what do you have for us, Anne? You could have told me the Calgary Flames would be the top of the Pacific, and I would not have believed you. And this is not just a because we just played them timing thing. This really is shocking to me and I think to a lot of people in the NHL. Part of that is, and we've talked about this, the Calgary Flames just don't get a ton of attention. It's a little bit smaller market. They have not been gangbusters for a while. And they have a ton of talent. Jacob Markstrom had a good season last season. Um, but his season this year, he's fourth best in the league in save percentage. He's just done a phenomenal job for the Calgary Flames in net, but also offensively, you know, we've talked about this with them playing the Predators. This is a team that generates a boat ton of offense. And you have Johnny Goudreau, Andrew Mangiapane is having a breakout year, uh, Matthew Kachuk. Like this is a team that even though they look okay on paper, what they've translated that into in real life is so surprising to me. And Again, who would have thought this, but the Calgary Flames, this is a cup contending team. Yeah, to build off that, you could have told me that the Flames would have had two 100-point scores, and I'm not sure I would have believed you. No. Yeah. No. Uh, you know, Matthew Chuck at 99 is, is probably going to cross that threshold soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and likewise, you could have told me the Los Angeles Kings would make the playoffs this year at the beginning <laughs> of the season. And I would not have believed you. You could have told me last week the Los Angeles Kings <laughs> were going to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, and I wouldn't be have believed you. But there they are, third in the Pacific Division right now. Um, again, if Vegas loses tonight, LA's got a pretty mm -hmm. chill road to making it to the end. Um, yeah, this is a team that is in the middle of a rebuild. You know, not even like, oh, you know, maybe we should, maybe we're, you know, coming out of it. No, I mean, this is a team that um, had, for lack of a better term, kind of torn apart their roster and was counting yeah. on a lot of young players who really aren't even playing that much of a big role yet. Um, you, you know, you look at L.A. and it's sort of a revival from all these blasts from the past. You know, Jonathan Quick is having a phenomenal year. Yes. Drew Doughty, who a lot of people consider to be the worst contract in hockey, is having a phenomenal year. Andre Kopitar is, is once again doing amazing. Um, and he, even if you break down the stats, I mean, it's not like they're, you know, a juggernaut by any stretch of the mm -hmm. means. In fact, they actually have a negative goal differential right now, <laughs> but they're winning games. They have 92 points. Um, and they're certainly in the conversation for a playoff spot. I don't think they're yeah. going to get very far, uh, especially if they play the Edmonton Oilers in the first round. Um, but the fact that we are sitting here, even talking about LA being in the playoffs uh, with the roster they had this year and, you know, some of their deep prospect pool not even coming to fruition yet is pretty amazing. 
Yeah, the LA Kings definitely were not. And like you said, this is this is very new, very fresh. When we saw them earlier in the season, you know, this is not a team that knocked everybody's socks off through this whole season. And I think so much of it is timing. And, you know, they have a negative goal differential. But you know what? You, you need that to come at certain, you know, if it comes in certain games, but not other games, you find a way. And this is a team. It's an interesting team and an interesting study in what it looks like to say you're doing a rebuild. But then, like you said, you have all of these veterans who are suddenly in the mix. You know, it just a fascinating study, the L.A. Kings. Yeah. Uh, another one, player-wise, mm -hmm. if you would have told me the Dallas Stars would be in the playoff hunt with Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn, fourth and fifth on the team in points, I would have said there's probably some disaster that would make that impossible, but there they are. <laughs> oh, can we just not? I mean, they're always... They're always a hitch in the giddy up the Dallas Stars, but I agree with you that their season does not look like what you would think it would be on paper for some of these guys. Yeah, you know Tyler Sagan forty six points in seventy five games, Jamie Ben forty six points in seventy six games. You look at that. I mean, considering the success of the Dallas Stars the past couple of years, and you break it down and you see like, oh wow, like that top line really carried this team. So when you look at that and you see like such low point outputs for Sagan and Ben, you're like, okay, there must be something going wrong. But then you look up right above them and Joe Pavelski is, is playing oh, some gosh, of the yes. best hockey of his life, despite being 53 years old. Um, Jason, <laughs> Jason Robertson, uh, a rookie last year is suddenly kind oh, of becoming season. every bit a superstar. I mean, he looks phenomenal. Uh, and then Rupe Hintz. You know, he was kind of just like the spare guy, the grinder, 34 goals this season. So the Stars are getting some new faces helping them uh, in a season in which a lot of their mainstays have struggled. Well, and my last one, I will say, has to do with familiar names, too. And if you had told me at the beginning of the season that the Seattle Kraken would struggle as much as they have, I would not have believed you. When you look at the roster that this team put together, and part of this, you know, curse you, Vegas, you have sort of... Yeah. You know, you've sort of messed with the universe's presentation of a, a new team. But, you know, you had Jordan Eberle, Morgan Geeky, Yanni Gord. You had Callie Yarncroak, Jared McCall. I mean, you had Chris Drager in, and Philip Grubauer in gold. Like, you look at this roster at the beginning of the season and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, this this could be a whole thing. And they're 25, 44, and 6. Bless Seattle's heart. They just never got it going this season. Um, and come trade deadline, they kind of dispersed some of what they had gathered. And they're they're going to have to do it the hard way. Do you think that it was just the fact that, like, our expectations were high because of Vegas? Or do you see a significant drop down in how this team was constructed? 
You know, what's interesting to me is, is I would love to take a closer study because one of the things that Seattle said going into this is they were going to build their team from the defense out. And we've talked with our counterpart, Erica Ayala, who is locked on Kraken host. And, and this was a big focus and their defense just has their not been good, terrible. you know, Those so it's, spending. I mean, to start out and say, this is going to be the focal point. This is where we're going to start. This is where we're going to invest so much of our energy. And then to have it be just abysmal-ish, um, it's a fascinating study. And and I do think that Vegas has skewed perspective on new teams and seasons. But yeah. this was way, this was way worse than what I had anticipated based on their roster talent. And look, they executed so many other things really well with this new team that I just assumed kind of the play on the ice would follow and it didn't. Yeah, I mean, I think Grubauer being absolutely awful. Oh my gosh! After having the Vezina attached to his name, uh, that was a big surprise for sure. Yes. And I'm sure that kind of derailed everything. Uh, you know, the thing with the thing with Vegas is, I remember always hearing, you know, about you know they they sort of you know didn't really do much in the expansion draft. Um, mm -hmm. you know, you, you heard all, you heard them say, oh, well, you know, we didn't get the kind of trades that, you know, Vegas got, but yeah. you still passed on a lot of people. Like they a passed lot on of Matt Duchesne. <laughs> they passed on Matt Duchesne, Ryan Johansson, either one mm -hmm. that would have been a pretty decent expansion 1C. Um, yeah. Vladimir Tarasenko was Can out there. Can you believe? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you see like, even like a team like, you know, with like Columbus, you know, they, they picked a guy like not even a lot of Columbus fans had ever heard of <laughs> uh, when yeah. they had like a lot of sort of decent, like third, fourth line guys in the mix. Um, and I think it's just, you know, I get wanting to be cautious. And certainly when you have Maddie Beneers as your number one center now, yes. uh, the yes. perspective is going to be changing a little bit. It's going to be a much more fun product to watch. Um, but you know, I, I feel like there is a opportunity there for Ron Francis and his staff, um, to, you know, make an immediate impact, but also save room and help build mm -hmm. towards the future. Um, and I think they just didn't really take that now, you know, they want to build for the draft. They have like 30 draft picks over the next <laughs> years or something like that. So they're going to get a lot of prospects that maybe it's going to be yeah. more of a slow burn. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think there is maybe if you want it to be a little bit more high impact this year, you could have done that while also still keeping yourself yes. down the road. Yeah. This, this was a rough one to watch and it looked like it had more potential than what was delivered. So I'm kind of surprised by the Seattle Kraken still think they have the best uniforms in the league. Yeah, and they have two wins over Nashville, so. Oh, my gosh. We what, didn't what necessarily have to go there. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, fans are never going to live that one down. No. Uh, yeah, so the Predators have uh, a couple of days off. Um, pretty much much needed at this point. Yes. Uh, they got a back-to-back -back this weekend, first against the Lightning, then against the Wild. Uh, tomorrow we'll look ahead to those games and also kind of look back at this season so far so that's coming up on tomorrow's show until then Anne, where can the fine people find your work online 
You can find my work at onthefourcheck.com and you can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. I'm Nick Morgan. You can find me at onthefourcheck.com as well. Also, be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Preds. Predators, I'm sorry. Um, if you're watching, if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like the video, share it, subscribe, leave a comment. Helps other people find this content. That's going to do it for us today on Locked On Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back tomorrow. <laughs>